This is Lead Minister Nathan Pelahowski of RSCC. I just want to welcome you to the RSCC podcast. Here's something I want you to know. I want you to know that you matter. Not because I say you matter, but because God says that you matter when he sent his son Jesus to die for us. Today I hope this message challenges you and encourages you to take your next faith step. Well, good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. All right, welcome to church. Hey, church, can we have a little energy and passion in it? Hey, we are at the final movie today, Toy Story 4. Uh, when you came in, um, people are thinking, we're not selling that candy. That candy is for free. And if you didn't know, know calories in church do not count. So I don't want to hear any excuses. So take some candy. I know some of you got some candy. It might be a little long today. So uh, we can hear your crunching throughout the service. That's all right. You can eat it in here. But hey, it, it is awesome to be with you. Will you just, uh, if you're glad to be here, just put your hands together really Get some excitement here, right? So Toy Story 4, and man, Toy Story 4, I, I was just a little guy when Toy Story, the original, came out, and, and it was awesome. It was like world-shaping at the time, and Pixar, it was great, and so I got the Woody shirt on today. I don't typically dress like this, so, uh, you know, we got Buzz flying around somewhere, and we got Ashley Forky up there, right? So that's what this shirt is for. I didn't change my style overnight. Um, it's not a cowboy shirt. It's just a Woody shirt, so uh, we'll get that straight, but Toy Story, man, Toy Story came out it was a long time ago. I don't remember how long ago. And there's four movies, and it's over 24 year span. So four movies over 24 year span. And the general theme of Toy Story is pretty simple. There's toys who can talk, and they come to life. And it's kind of a couple themes. They they got the theme of all the toys stick together. And the main toy is Woody, and then Buzz, and they stick together. And then they're always there for each other. Um, I think their motto is like, no, no toy left behind. And, and then they're always there for their kid, Andy. So, the, you know, Andy is written on their name or, 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 you know, the bottom of the boot. On the bottom of my boot, it says Whitney. So, and not Bonnie, but it says Whitney, right? And so, they, they're, they're name, you know, their kid's name's on the bottom of their feet. And, and so, they, they go through this, this, you know, they go through all these adventures and stuff. Well, Toy Story 4 it's the final one. It's a, it's a turning of a page. It's the end of a chapter. And there's many themes. You, there's a theme of identity we could have talked about, but we already talked about that. There's a theme of, you know, um, family or being on a team. We already talked about that. There's so many different themes we could have talked about, and I'm, I should have probably planned it a little better so I knew exactly what theme was there. But the theme we're going to look at today, I think it's a big one. And I think, I'm going to be honest, I think it's a theme today that for some of you are going to bring great hope. It's a theme that I didn't really plan on, but sometimes I just feel like God's telling me to write something, speak on something, and I got to listen. My job is to listen. So it's one of those themes. So the theme we're going to talk about today is this idea that life brings transition. So here's what happens. Toy Story 4 picks up where Toy Story 3 ends up, or ends, and, and Andy was the kid that all the toys belonged to. Well, now all the toys are going to Bonnie, and, and they really chronicle Woody, and, and Woody is always the top dog. He's the sheriff. He's the popular toy. He's Andy's favorite toy, and that's what he's used to being. Well, Andy was a boy, and, and then he goes to this young girl, Bonnie, and, and Bonnie doesn't care about Woody as much. Bonnie doesn't play with Woody as much, so Woody no longer is the top dog. He, he's barely played with, and so he's in this transition. His life is bringing transition. And, and he doesn't know how to handle it. He doesn't know what to do. And he, so he's looking for purpose and he's looking for meaning. And he's like, what do I do in this next stage of life? Because he, he's barely played with. He, he's not, his, his foundation has shattered. His, his life has brought change and he wasn't ready for it and he didn't want it. So it, you kind of see him struggle with that. 
And then you see like, well, you know, he's like, well, I got sh- I, I to shift my purpose. And then his purpose becomes, you know, making sure that Bonnie is happy. And he goes on this journey to make sure Bonnie's happy. And Bonnie makes this little toy that's named Forky. And, and Forky's made out of uh, pipe cleaners and, and a, a spork. And uh, what else? And like popsicle sticks. You, you stay with me. I know it's a little weird, right? But she, she makes this toy. And Bonnie loves this toy. And what he's like, I have to make sure no matter what happens that, that Sporky or Forky never leaves or never gets lost. So he, he, he's like, my new phase is now, my, my transition used to be top dog, now I transition this phase to make sure Bonnie's always happy. And, and then they go on this wild journey and, the, and they meet this talking doll named Gabby Gabby. He meets up with his old, you know, his old fling, his old crush, Bo Peep, right? And then the end of the movie, and we'll get to it at the very end, he, he comes to this point, and it's the, this pivotal moment. Will he step into the, the transition that life is bringing? Will he step into that next change? Or will he stay where he currently is? So throughout the movie, you see this. And, and I started thinking about this movie. I'm like, man, I, I, how, could, how does Pixar do this? How does Pixar make these movies for kids but have these messages that are deeper? Right? They have these messages that apply to every one of us. So like I said today, I, I think in some capacity, in some way, all of us in some point of our life, whether right now um, or another time in our life, we will either come to a point or in a point or we have been at a point where life is going to bring transition. Right? Anybody ever been there like change, transition? Right? You've been there and, and you struggle with it and you don't know what to do, but it's here and I got to live in it. I got to live in the middle of it. I, I got to deal with it. I got to get through it. And you may not want to, you may not like it, but no one cares if you like it because it's coming no matter what. And, and so in, on some capacity, we relate to that. We relate to that. And, and you know what's interesting is in this book in the Bible called Ecclesiastes is this wisdom book. It's kind of a weird name. And um, the, the author of Ecclesiastes says this. He goes, there's a time for everything. Hence, transition comes and goes. A season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. Transition. A time to plan and a time to uproot. Transition. A time to kill and a time to heal. Transition. A time to tear down and a time to build. Transition. A time to weep and a time to laugh. And he goes on about four more verses. And he just says, listen, life is all about transition. And you know this. There's transitions in your life. You go from one transition, you go from one job to another. You go from one school to another. You go from middle school to high school, high school to the military, the workforce, or college, college to, to your career, you know, and then you go from your career to eventually retirement, and then you go, you know, you maybe get, you go from singleness to married, then you go from married to kids, then you go from kids to empty nesters, and then, you know, you go to marriage and some end up in divorce. There's times when you get, you know, you have loved ones, and there's a transition where you no longer have loved ones, like transition. Transition is all around us. It it is around us. It's everywhere. And here's a problem with transition. Good or bad, there's tension in transition. What do you face that tension? There's tension in transition. And and why there's tension is happening to be with one little word. And it's being in church for the last eight years, this little word is more divisive than any other word. Change. Right, so let's do a quick survey. I'm going to have everybody participate. We gave you some sugar. You got some coffee in you. You're up early. You're like, you, can, you can participate. How many of you, let's do a quick poll. How many of you love change? Just raise your hand. Come on. Nobody loves change? 
Some of you do, right? I, I, I'll be honest, I love change. I, I like some things to stay the same, but I like change. Like I, 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 my ADD, I get a little bored, so I need some things to change every once in a while, right? I, I need some new environments. So if you didn't raise your hand and you like change, I understand, right? I, I'm a change guy. Okay, so nobody raised their hand, right? I'm gonna do this one more time. How many of you love change? Anybody raise their hand? Okay, so every hand better be up next, okay? How many of you don't like change? All right, perfect. See, hey, welcome to church, right? Now we're being honest, right? People don't like change. And, and, and here's what reality is, I bet you you like change more than you think. You just don't think about it, right? But a lot of people, and like, so me and Whitney are kind of different on this. Like, she likes the routine of stuff, right? She likes the, she likes the, the predictability. She likes the, uh, that you know what's coming next type of feeling, right? So that's why, you know, a lot of us don't like change. Some of us like change, Probably more than who raised your hands. But a lot of us don't like change. And then there's tension in transition. And when I say transition, I'm talking about change. And why there's tension in, in transition is whether you like it or not, it's the world's changing. Everything changes. We're, we're, we're going out of a season right now of summer to fall, right? How many of you love fall? Raise your hand. All right, perfect. You are awake out there, All right? So you like fall. Hey, I like fall. Fall's great. The weather's change, the seasons change, you change. Think about yourself 20 years ago. Some of you had more hair, less gray, right? Weighed a little less, right? Looked a little different. Had different uh, opinions on politics or had different opinions on being married or, or having kids, right? You have different ideas, you change over time. It's estimated that 90% of items sold in stores today didn't exist 10 years ago. That's change. So that means some of you like change, you buy stuff that's new, you didn't even know you like change. So see, you like change. Um, it's estimated that kids will graduate high school or college to jobs that didn't exist when they're born. Think about that. It's also estimated that in the last 30 years, so 30 years, right, since 1990, that we have more information in the world gathered than the previous 5,000 years combined. Change is all around. It is coming, whether we like it or not, and there's tension and transition, so your life will have stages of change. You may not like change at church or technology, but your life is going to be full of change. Your life is going to be full of transition, and because you like change or don't like change, there's always some tension with transition. And I want to take you back to the movie in just a second. Woody's life is transitioning. And I want to just show you a scene that shows a perfect example. And maybe, maybe, even though he's a, a toy with a cowboy shirt on, you can relate to him. I know that was you, Potato <laughs> Everyone, listen, I thought I told you. When Mom quickly cleans the bedroom like that, expect to be put in the closet. Uh, how much longer? Keep it to a dull roar, Rex. Deep breath, Jesse, deep breath. Settle down, Slink. Sit. Good boy. Sheriff, do I need to be worried? No, no, my guys are veterans. They'll hang in there. Good, just keep them calm until we get word. Yes, ma'am. How are you uh, feeling about today? Uh, good. Good. Yeah, good. I'm good. Uh, good. We're on. Bonnie's done with breakfast. Any minute now. You hear that? Any minute now. Wind them if you got them. Keep your batteries clean, your joints unlocked. Uh, Woody, I got it. Yes, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. The town is open. Hi, Mayor. Banker, 
They're doing hat shop. When's the last time we ever got to play that? Remember when she played house? I liked house. Those were the days. It was basic. You made a house, you lived in it, done. That's the third time you haven't been picked this week. I don't know, I don't keep count. Oh, you don't have to. I'll do it for you. Okay, 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 I get it. It's been a while. Oh, looky there, you got your first dust bunny. Oh, how adorable. What you gonna name it? Uh, what about Dusty? Francis. Oh. Harry. Karen. Fuzzball. LeBron. No fluff. How about Thumper? Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, he's a cowboy. So- Tension in transition from top dog to collecting dust bunnies in a closet. And, and, and there's a season for everything. Transition is always happening. And there's tension in transition. Woody's life is seeing that right now in that movie and, and he went from being, you may not see it, but he had the badge on it and she takes the badge off of him and puts it on the little doll, Jesse, and that was his identity and he's like, I'm, he, it's, just, it's the symbolic moment of, of being in one stage of life and going to the another where he doesn't want to be and, and again, there's a season for everything, right? There's a season for him to be top dog and there's a season not and, and transition is always happening and there's tension in transition and, and it rocked his world. It rocked his world. So I got to start to thinking, why is it that sometimes when transition happens, we, we, we lose our job or we switch jobs or you know, our, our bank account changes or we even lose a loved one. And these transitions we don't like, they're, they're uncomfortable. But I got to thinking, why is it that these transitions rock our world? Why is it that, that people often in the midst of transition is when they lose their faith? Why is it that in the midst of these transitions, often when, when life goes bad for them and they just don't know how to respond? And I started thinking, well, Woody is the perfect example of what happens. What did Woody build his life on? Being the top dog, being the top toy, being the one everybody looked to, being the leader. And at any given point, that could change because he was always going to be a toy. And toys always will have new kids because kids always grow up. That's not too far from us, is it? You build your life on success, on your relationships. Even though relationships are good and success is good, they're not good foundations. You build your life on money, your jobs, your careers, sports, your kids' sports. You build your life on your kids. All those things in themselves are not bad but they're bad foundations. Because ultimately one day, if there's a season for everything, they will grow up, they will leave, they'll pass on, the money will dwindle down, it may go up, but it'll be here and it'll be gone. And then you're facing the middle of this transition. And if you build your life on these shaky things that don't last, well, your life's gonna be rocked. But Jesus says there's a better way. There's another way. Jesus actually said on the greatest sermon that he ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, he, he, he gives us an option. He, he, and he's talking about what you can build your life on. And this is what he says in Matthew 7. He goes, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. What he's saying is like there's two types of men. You build on the sand or you build on the rock. And the wise man builds their life not on money, not on success, not on relationships, not on their kids, not on their kids' sports, not on sports. That they build themselves, they build their lives, they build their foundation on the rock. Not anything else. 
but on the rock. And I find that really interesting because if you think about this, who is often referred to at the rock throughout Scripture? Jesus or God. Listen what the psalm says. Listen, Psalm 18. The Lord is my what? Everybody say that with me. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. He's like, the guy, I find a great comfort in this. He goes, Lord, you're my rock. You're my fortress, my deliverer. I build my life on you. I take refuge in you. Here's what he's saying. We can't miss this. He goes, in a world of transition, this is what this means. In a world of transition, God is our rock that never changes. What are you building your life on, right? That's the question. What are you building your life on? Are you building on the rock that never changes, or, or are you building your life on things that, can, that will fall down throughout transition? Because transition's coming. There's no question. There's no, there's no doubt. Change is coming. Life transition is coming. Are you building on the rock, or are you building on something else? Because see, what the psalm says here is real simple. Read between the lines. God never changes. It's what theologians or, you know, the, theologians or throughout scripture is referred to as the immutability of God. And what does that mean? That God does not change in his basic character. That God does not change in his basic character. And what that means for you and me is that God in Hebrew says it this way, that Jesus is the same today, forever, and yesterday. That Jesus is always the same. That he never changed. That God never changes. You change. And I, and I know it's kind of hard to wrap our head around because since the moment you came out of your mother's womb, you have changed, right? The world around you has changed. We drive different cars than we drove 20, uh, 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Everything around us changes, but God doesn't. The same God that breathed life into Adam and Eve, the same God that spoke to Abraham, the same God that called out Moses, the same God that spoke to David on the battlefield with Goliath, the same God who sent words to the prophets, the same God that Jesus prayed to in the garden is the same God that we have a relationship with today. So what are you building your life on? That's the question, right? And, and again, it's hard to wrap our heads around. And I, I, I like to say it this way. It's the same power, the same motives, same goodness, same love, same God, always and forever. And if you allow that, see, let's not just, we can't just hear this. We have to allow that to travel the 18 inches, right? The 18 inches from your mind to your heart. Allow that to sink in. Allow it to sink in that, that the world around me is going to change. That, that my money may change, and my relationship status may change, and my marriage may change, and my kids are going to grow up, and my job may change, and all these things around me are going to change one point in my life. But God is always going to be the same. And, and again, it's such a big, mind, uh, big concept to wrap our minds around. So when, when I try to explain what helps me is what I do is I replace the, remember this, I think of this word right here, always. God is always love. God is always just. God is always true. God is always holy. God is always there. God is always view sins, view sins the same way. God always keeps his promises. God is always, 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 always the same. The times change. The world, the world changes. We change. But God never does. So what are you building your life on? Because the times change, the world changes, we change, but God never changes. I want to take you to another psalm. 
It's the it's the Psalm 102, and it's a long psalm, and we're going to just cover a little bit of it. But it, the author of this psalm is 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 a, a man in distress, and he's going through a time of transition. He's going through a time of pain. He's going through this tough time, and he doesn't always like. It doesn't seem to like it, and he has a lot of emotions. But here's what he says in verse 25 of this psalm, and going on, it says, "Long ago." So he's speaking of God. Long ago. You laid the foundation of the earth, made the heavens with your hands. They will perish. Transition. They won't last. But you, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will change them like a garment and discard them. And he continues to go on. He says, but you, you are always the same. You will live forever the children of your people will live in security. Their children's children will thrive in your presence. And you can almost feel it, the, the, the author crying out, he's like, God, listen. I've been told my entire life, you are the rock that never changes. I look around and I see all the things you created. And they're all going to perish one day. For you and I, it's thinking this way. The clothes, the money, the house, the cars, our success, our status, they're all going to perish one day. They're all going to be gone. But you're going to remain forever. There's, there's two words that are so important in, in these words. But you. Everybody say that with me. But you. But you. But you. You, God. You are always the same. But you, God. You are always the same. Seasons may change. Job status may change. Married may change. Singleness may change. Good or bad things may change. But you, God, are always the same. You are always the same. What, what does this mean? Here's what it means. It's so cool. That the, this transition, whatever this transition is, whatever your transition is, it doesn't have to rock my world because God, you are my rock. What are you building your life on? This transition, whatever you're going through, when you go through it, it doesn't have to rock your world because God, you are my rock. That death may hurt. That divorce, you may not like it. Becoming from, you know, uh, having kids to empty nesters, it may be uncomfortable. You may not know what to do in the time of when you lose your job to the next job. You may not know what to do in this next transition. But it doesn't have to rock your world. Doesn't mean you can't be sad. Doesn't mean you can't be upset. What it means is you don't have to lose your faith and it doesn't have to rock your world because God is the rock that you built your life on and that rock will never change. The times change. The world's change, but God never does. His purposes remain, his promises remain, his glory remains, his view on sin, his view on the world, his view on you, it never changes. And it's, it's, it's amazing, it's interesting. Because you think, and I heard, when I heard this for the first time, the same God that David cried out to while he was hiding in the cave, is the same God that hears my prayers. The same God, when Moses is like, dude, God, uh, listen, I got a stuttering problem, so I'm not going to talk to anybody. That same I am is the same I am today. 
That means his promises never change. And, and, and as I was doing some you know, research and studying on this, I, I found a little verse in a book that I hadn't opened in a long time. I haven't read in a long time. The book of Malachi, the, the last book in the Old Testament. And it's about this prophet. And it's a really unique time in the Israelites' history. And the Israelites were God's chosen people. And, and it's this really unique time where they're coming from Babylon, exile, and, and they're going in to Jerusalem. They're going back into the promised land. And it, it's, really, it's a really happy time for a while. So they start rebuilding the temple and they start doing everything right. And uh, we kind of say this around here about the Old Testament. If you obey, everything will be okay. They're obeying God, right? And they're listening to God and, and things are great. But then a hundred years passes, right? And a lot can happen in a hundred years, right? You know that. And they went from obeying to disobeying. They started living in disobedience to God, uh, disobedience again. They started sinning from God. They started, they started doing all the things that God had told them not to do, all the things that had gotten them in trouble before. And then they start to cry out. We start to cry out things like, God, why do you seem so fickle? Why do you say you're going to protect us and send us a Messiah and then you allow this to happen? Why do you keep changing your mind? Why do you let good things happen and then bad things happen? And God responds in chapter 3, and all it says is this. The Lord does not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. The Lord does not change. God's like, you want to know what changes? You. My promises are always true. My promise has always been this. Israelites, obey and everything will be okay. I want to bless you. I want to use you. I want to do something amazing through you. But what do you keep doing? You keep disobeying. I'm not, I haven't changed. My promises are always true. My promises are always the same. You've changed. You keep going back and forth. But the Lord doesn't change. And I think it's important to remember that because in the midst of transition, we can sometimes lose focus that God never changes. And we can sometimes blame God. We can sometimes, like the Israelites, say, God, why are you changing your mind? You seem so fickle. God's like, listen, no, no, no. The only thing that changes is you. But I never change. I never change. I'm always the same. I'm always the rock. You can build on me. My promises are true. So then here becomes this big question. That's great, right? That's awesome. Why does it matter? What does it matter to you? What does it have to do with transition? What does it have to do with change? What in the world does it have to do with Toy Story 4, right? Because there's no talking toys in the Bible, right? So what, what are we talking about here? Why are we covering this? So that's the point. So now we've got to make this connection from our mind to our heart, and we've got to say, well, what does this really matter? Well, I got to thinking, if God never changes, neither do his promises. And there's always, kind of, there's always, there's many types of promises. I will never forsake you, I'll never leave you, that you matter to me. But there's a promise. And we're going we're to connect everything from back to building our life on the rock. Jesus says, if you build your life on the rock, here's these words, and build his life on the rock. So when, when I refer to that, I think he's often talking about some promises that are true. When you build your life on the truth, when you build your life on me, when you build your life on what I mean, then your life is like building on the rock. So there's a promise, and there's many promises, but I want to talk about one promise that you see in John chapter 3, in the Gospel of John, and says this, and here's a promise. It's the greatest promise of your life. And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Promise. Promise one. 
Anyone who doesn't, this is the same promise, anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. The greatest promise of all time is if you put your faith in his son, Jesus Christ, the son that he sent to die for you, the promise is this. If you make him the Lord of your life, you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life, you, if you're baptized and you make the decision, the declaration that he is the Lord of your life, here's the promise. You will have eternal life. That's the promise, right? And that's awesome. We can all back that. But what's so awesome about God and what we need to teach, and maybe we don't say it enough, and maybe we, we, we kind of say it, but we don't say it. If that promise is true, the second part of that is true as well. God desires for every single one of us to be in a relationship with him. God desires every single one of us to step in this promise right here. That is his, that is his desire. But at the same time, if the positive promise is true, the negative promise is true too. Right? The way we view it. Because we're really good at accepting this part. But right now, this is what the world tries to change right here, right? Anyone who doesn't obey the Son, anybody who rejects that Jesus is Lord, anybody who disobeys God, anybody who openly goes against what God's Word says, anybody who tries to shape and change the words of God, who doesn't accept or believe in His Son, will never, expect, will never experience eternal life, but will remain under God's angry judgment. Right? Well, what, what does that mean that we'll never experience? It's, it's a place that we refer to in modern culture as hell. And what is hell? Hell is a place void of God's presence, which makes it hell. So God's promise is, I want everybody to build their life on this, on this rock. The promise that anybody who believes in God has eternal life. But if you don't, there's another promise here too. But I want to focus on this. I want to focus on the top part. Because this promise never changes, right? And if you build your life on that, it never changes. And therefore, if this is the ultimate goal, it doesn't matter what happens in the midst of transition. It doesn't matter what happens in change because it doesn't matter how bad or good it is. Ultimately, you'll have eternal life with Jesus. But understand, I think this promise changes the way you live. And understanding the way that God never changes, changes the way you live every single day in an applicable, normal type of way. Because when you believe and you understand this and you build your life on this, it changes the way you live. And I want to look at the example of Paul. And we often go back to Paul when we're talking about great examples because Paul was a great example. And Paul wrote many letters in the New Testament. And one certain letter that he wrote was Philippians to the church in Philippi. And Philippians, I feel like it's probably the most well-known letter of all the letters and the one most quoted. Again, you see some of the Hobby Lobby verses on Philippians, right? And it's this, it's this interesting dynamic because Paul is in the midst of a transition that he didn't see coming. Where's Paul when he writes this letter? He's in jail. He's under house arrest. And it's interesting because Philippians is considered his most joyful letter in his worst transition. One of the worst transitions he's in. And you got to understand that Paul went from being this like rich Jew who would cut down Christians, who would be, you know, this smart guy that, that was top dog and was so, had this great reputation to becoming this Christian, this missionary, this Christ follower where people wanted to kill him and he was shipwrecked, he was beaten and, and his life was going through all these transitions that he didn't expect. But it all started when he built his life on the rock, when he built his life on this promise. And I want to see, I want to read to you what he 
he wrote in the middle of Philippians in chapter 3. It's going to be up there in just a second. Not that I've already obtained all of this. Or I've already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. Brothers and sisters, I, I do not consider myself yet to take hold of it. And he continues. But one thing I do. In the midst of transition, one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straying towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for it's God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So here's Paul, finds himself in this transition. Didn't expect to be there, but he's there. And I believe what is so amazing about Paul's mindset in this letter, and I sat and I thought about this, why or how could he be so joyful and write words like this while in prison? And what does it mean for me and you? Well, I think it starts with this, asking ourselves, what attitude will I have in transition? What attitude will I have in transition? See, Paul says life is like a race. He, he had to be a sports fan. So all you that don't think we don't like, you know, don't like us talking about sports, listen. Paul was a sports fan. He talked about running and races all the time, right? He was a sports fan. He's like, race? Life is like a race. And there's going to be many different things that happen in this race. He goes, and, and we have to decide what attitude we're going to have in transition. Because transition's coming. He knew that God doesn't change, but he knew the world changes. He knew circumstances at any given point, because he experienced it, could change and would change. So we have to decide what type of attitude are we going to have in the transition. It's coming. You can fight change. You can hate change. But change is coming to your front door every single day. And you can resist it, but it's coming. So he's like, you need to be prepared. What attitude will you have in transition? Because here's what Paul has done and why he can, why he can write these words, why this can be his most joyful letter that he has determined beforehand, his attitude on transi transition before he got in the transition. He's like, because of Jesus and the promises that I have through Jesus, I'm already determined beforehand what I'm going to feel when I get in the middle of change, what I'm going to feel in the midst of transition. I have determined beforehand my attitude on transition before I even get to the transition. I know it's confusing. He goes, I have already decided who my rock is, what my rock is. So it doesn't matter what transition comes. Because I've decided beforehand what my attitude is going to be. I've decided beforehand. And so much of our faith and so much of our life is deciding beforehand how I'm going to respond to situations before I get into situations. Because if you don't decide how you're going to respond before you get into situation, all of a sudden change comes that you should have seen coming or knew was going to come eventually. Because Paul says in the scripture says it's coming. But if you're caught off guard, how do you often respond? Not in the best of ways. So as I have determined beforehand my attitude on transition before I get to the transition. What is the attitude? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here we go. All right? It goes back to his words. Forgetting. Here's my attitude. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on. I'm going to press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He goes, I forget my past success and my failures 
and I love this word, I strain forward. I strain towards. He goes, with everything I have, I'm moving forward. I'm decided that no matter what happens, I'm not going to focus on what is behind me. I'm not going to focus what has happened in the past, good or bad. I'm going to strain forward. I'm going to press on. I'm going to continue to move forward no matter what has happened to me. And, and I, I think this because uh, I think this is so important because it's all about focus. Because I'm not focused on what's behind. I'm focused on what's ahead. I'm not focused on the transition. And, and I think why transition, major life transitions are so hard is because we pay attention to the wrong things. And what I see through these verses is uh, Paul saying, hey, stop paying attention to the circumstance of your transition. Start focusing on your faith. Start focusing on the promise. Start focusing on the promise of eternal life. Start focusing on, on that God never changes. Stop focusing on your circumstances. Because in the midst of transition, what do we often focus on? We focus on, how am I going to get through this? How is life ever going to be the same? How, how, how am I going to make it? How, God, how am I going to make it through this life with less money than I currently had before? Paul says, stop focusing on, stop focusing on the circumstances. And focus on your faith. Forget what is behind. It's not like forgetting like what I do where I forget my keys and my wallet all the time. He's not talking about that. It's this idea of literally stop focusing on it. He's like neglect it. Right? So like for example, like I see the clock and what time it says. And it says that I'm running out of time. But I'm neglecting the clock because I still got some things to say. Right? So I'm not focusing on it. It means stop focusing on it because whatever you focus on gets your trans gets your whatever you focus on gets your attention. And if you focus on the transition, you're taking your eyes off the rock. When you take your eyes off the rock, then all of a sudden your circumstances become more than you can handle. So you, you got to stop focusing on it. And, and I love Paul in his letters. He's 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 raw and he's honest. He says, "Listen, I haven't obtained it yet. I'm not I'm not there." Not where I want to be. I'm still going through this process, and it's a, a sanctification process. God is still changing me. God is still molding me. God is still uh, the Spirit of God is still working in my life to take out the things that I, I struggle with. And and he's and he, another letter. He says I don't even understand myself at times. I do things I know I shouldn't do, but I do them anyway. He's like, I, so I haven't obtained it. But I think he's just reflecting. He's sitting in a jail cell and he's writing to the people he loves. He says, "Listen, I'm just not focusing on it anymore." I have to press on. I gotta keep my eyes on the promises of God. No matter what happens in my life. No matter what happens. I gotta press on. I gotta keep my eyes on the promises of God. So in transition, what we gotta do is we gotta press on. Because we're, we're you're still going to face hard times. You're still going to struggle. You still lose loved ones. There'll still be transitions. There'll still be good transitions. There'll be bad transitions. But I press on. I focus on the promises that I have eternal life through Jesus. That God never leaves me. God will never forsake me. No matter what happens, that this rock will always be my foundation. And transition doesn't have to rock my world. Because God, you are my rock. I want to show you one more clip. And it's the end of this, this Toy Story series. And it's this moment between Buzz and Woody and Adam and I will not reenact this, so do not ask us to do this. But it, it, it's transition. I, I, I just want to watch it. I know we're running longer today. I want you to watch it. 
and I want to talk about it real quick, and then we'll end. Go ahead and show it. She'll be okay. Bonnie will be okay. You sure? Hey, listen to your inner voice. It's a symbolic moment, and, and he says to Woody, Woody doesn't know what to do. He's like, do I go into my next life? Do I, do I allow transition to happen? Do I, do I find, do I just keep, move on? And Buzz, his best friend, he says, Woody, she'll be okay. Bonnie will be okay. And what he's saying in return, he's like, Woody, you're going to be okay. You will be okay. And I imagine in the midst of our change, in the midst of your change, God's wrapping you in his arms. And he's saying, you, you may not like it, you may not feel comfortable, but you, you, you will be okay. You'll be okay. So in the midst of our change, when you build your life on the rock, you'll be okay. Because we have an unchangeable God with unchangeable promises. You will be okay. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful that because you are our rock, that you are the God who never changes, and we have your son Jesus to build our life on, that the promises in the midst of change and transition will be okay. God, so today I, I want to give anybody the opportunity for the first time uh, to meet us outside of the double doors by the Connection Center, God, and talk to us uh, about maybe making the decision to step into this promise uh, uh, that you offer us through Jesus, God. Best step we can take in our lives, God. But, but I thank you so much that you're with us in the middle of our change, that you never change in a world of change uh, that we don't always understand, God, that you are our rock. And on this rock, we will build our life on. God, so I pray that as we take communion here in a moment, after the song, as we continue to worship, that we just focus on you and what it means to build our life on your promises. So let me pray. Amen. It's been great hanging out with you guys today. I hope that message challenges you and encourages you today. We would love to have you on campus sometime at one of our services at 8.30 or 10.45 on Sunday. Or to find out more information about RSEC, you can always go to the RSEC Family app. Or follow us on any social media platform at RSCC Family. Most of all, remember, you matter. Not because I say you matter, but because God says you matter. Now go and be blessed.